We had a great time of worship this morning. Like God really spoke, and a lot of what God spoke this morning is actually part of my preach, which is always really fun. Um, so today we're looking at uh, Hannah's song. Um, if you want to get your Bibles open, although it will come up on the screen behind me, it's in 1 Samuel 2, verses 1 to 10. And it's a song that she sings in praise of God. Um, as we heard last week, um, like she'd been praying for a son and God had given her a son, but she had offered to give Samuel back to God. And she stayed home with Samuel and she weaned him and she would have brought him to the temple around the age of three or four. And this is the song that she sings as she's about to leave him at the temple. How many of us can imagine that the one thing that we've been longing for and praying for and we're now giving it back to God and in that moment of sacrifice, we turn to praise God. Rather than mourning our loss or mourning what we're giving up, we're praising God. Hannah is an amazing person in the Bible. And it's amazing that we get to see her story. In her song, she's also singing about God's coming kingdom. And we'll speak about that more later. Uh, Her song is also prophetic. In her life and what God has done for her, she sees how God works and how God deals with his people. He lifts some people up and he brings other people down. So I'm going to read from 1 Samuel 2, verse 1 to 10, and it's in um, NLT. Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done and he will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is broken and those who stumbled are now strong. Those who are well fed are now starving, and those who are starving are now full. The childless woman now has seven children, and the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honour, for all of the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. So I want to spend some time this morning just um, praising God. Um, I'm going to pull out some parts of what Hannah sings in her song and just expand on it and what I've been thinking about it. But Hannah knows just how amazing her God is. At the point where she is giving her son up, she is praising God. And her heart is rejoicing and she's worshipping. She speaks about God, how God listened and answered her prayer, but she goes further than that. In verse 2 she says... No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. And the way that this is written, it's like three lines, and the top line and bottom line kind of parallel 
a sort of similar like wording structure in that sentence and it points to the middle sentence that there is no one besides you. And I love that she uses the word our God. Like by saying our God, she's linking herself in with her people, the Israelites. Like she would have heard stories of how God had been good to his people and she'd be remembering stuff as she's saying this, as she's singing the song. Like these lines are quite similar to some of the Psalms. They're also really similar to um, a song that the Israelites sing after God has parted the Red Sea and they've escaped Egypt. There is no one like, no one holy like our God. It's amazing to be reminded of how God, throughout the generations of his people, has kept us safe. In verses um, four to eight, Hannah sings about a number of extremes. For example, the bow of the mighty are broken. Those who stumbled are strong. The the well-fed are hungry, and the hungry are now full. These uh, four verses mention strength, food, children, life, money, and status. And when two phrases or words are used that are on extreme ends of the scale, um, they're called a thing called merisms, which I found out. Um, These two phrases at either end of the scale talk about the two extremes, but also the whole of life in between. So the Lord is in control of birth and death, but also the whole of life in between. It gives you just like an expansive view of just how sovereign our God is, that he has control of all of these aspects of life. Strength, food, children, life, money and status, our God is in control. The end of verse 8, it says, For all of the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. Our God has created everything we can and everything we can't see around us. He knows how it should work and function, and he is the one holding it all together. He is literally giving us our next breath. Like without him, creation would cease. He is holding it all together. Like our God is, our God is amazing. In verse 10, she says, Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. And as I was reading this passage, I was wondering, at this point in the Bible, did the enemy think he'd won? So God had created a perfect world, but sin had entered, and God had been separated from his people. God had chosen the Israelites and had made them a people for himself, but they were not following God. They were sinning here, there, and everywhere, and they couldn't be a holy people. And did the enemy think he'd won at this point? But in Hannah's song, it says, those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. And God has always been working out his plans to redeem us. In Genesis, when sin entered the world and God cursed the enemy, he said, one of Eve's offspring will crush your head. And as we follow Eve's and Adam's offspring and we follow them down, we get to Abraham and God promises to bless him and we go further down his descendants and we're left thinking, is this the person that's going to defeat the enemy? Is it this person? Is it that person? It's not them. And you're left waiting and wondering, who is it going to be? And then you have Judges and the book before this one, and you sort of can see Abraham's descendants in part of it, but they sort of get lost in other parts. But then you get to Hannah, and Hannah's prayer of praise 
Hannah's prayers to God, asking for a son, and she has given Samuel. Now, Samuel isn't in the line from Eve to the serpent crusher, to the snake crusher, but he is the last of the judges, and he's a prophet, and he is given the job of anointing King David. And we know that from King David, generations later, we get Jesus, who defeats the enemy. It's amazing, I think, that in Hannah's prayer and asking for a son, she gets to play a part in bringing in, like, Jesus, like, generations later, like, Jesus is the one that defeats the enemy, and God has had this plan that he has been working out since he created the world. Hannah's words, those who fight against the Lord will be shattered, has been fulfilled in Jesus. Our God is amazing. Um, The next sentence in verse 10 is, the Lord judges throughout the earth. I just find it amazing that even though God is our judge, he has already sent someone that has paid the price for us, Jesus. Jesus has saved us from that judgment by dying on a cross for us. The next sentence, he gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. It's likely that this verse is talking about the coming Israelite king, as they would have known that in scripture that that could have happened. But it's also prophetic and pointing to Jesus. That Hannah, in her song, knows, well, is prophetically singing about the coming king, Jesus. Again, God has had this plan all along, and I hope that just sharing some of this stuff, your heart has just been, like, welling up with joy, because Jesus has, like, completely made the way for us. He's been amazing, and he's never left us. But in Hannah's song, she's also singing about um, the upside-down kingdom. Um, So the kingdom is the place where God rules and reigns. Earlier, um, I spoke about the extremes in verses 4 to 8. But with those verses, we also see how things are being reversed. He lifts, in verse 8, it says, He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honour. It's like God is taking our human order and the way that we think God that things should work, and he is flipping it on its head and being like, no, this is how it should work. And as I've been thinking about this, you almost see it in lots of different places, almost everywhere. I've been thinking about um, the Bible and how, like when God was choosing the descendant to like pass on the blessing to. He didn't choose people that looked impressive. He didn't go with the classic like firstborn son, the one that usually gets the inheritance. He didn't go with the strongest, the like most able. He went with people who messed up in quite spectacular ways at points. And we'll see later on in this Samuel series that... Um, even when King David was chosen by Samuel, or by God, God didn't choose the firstborn son, or the strongest, or the tallest, or even the one that was in the room. He was like, Where's, there must be more, like, where is, where is David? And God chose David. I think most clearly in the Bible, we see God's like, upturning of what human order looks like is in Jesus. 
when the Israelites were praying and wanting a saviour, they thought that they wanted someone, a king, a powerful king who would storm in, who would defeat the Romans and overthrow them. And yet we have a God who, creator of the universe, came as a baby born in a stable. Like, how incredible is that? Like, God, God of the universe, born in a stable. And he healed the sick and spent time with outcasts in society, the people that people didn't think were worth spending time with and that were sinners and unholy, and Jesus spent time with them. And the most of all, Jesus' victory wasn't overthrowing the Romans. It was dying on a cross. Like, how amazing is that, that what we thought would, would have been the best thing for us, Jesus just flipped it on his head, and he in dying on a cross and being raised to life has just given us everything that we need. So our God turns things upside down and he reverses human fortunes and we see that in the life of Hannah as she has given her a son. And he can do the same for us today. He listens to our prayers. But another amazing example of how God has reversed our fortunes is that through the death of Jesus, We've gone from being enemies of God to adopted sons and daughters. Like we were dead in our sins, like so far away from him that we couldn't make our way back. But through Jesus dying on the cross, we have been accepted and we can approach him and we've been made alive. Like our God is, our God is just amazing. But two questions that I want to talk about in this um, in the sermon is that so our God is sovereign he has ultimate power and ultimate control but what do we do when things in the world don't look like God's kingdom they don't look like they're under his control like we can look around our world today and we see a lot that you're like what the heck is happening but the thing with God's kingdom is that it's a now and not yet Like, we won't see God's kingdom fully until Jesus comes back again. And um, I found in an article that it's it's helpful to, like, think of it like the seasons. So, like, March comes around, and that's supposedly the start of spring. But, like, you might still get the cold winds coming in, still freezing temperatures. We might even see some snow. And, like, spring is here, and all you want is, like, blue skies and the sun and flowers blooming. All you want is spring, but you have to wait. It's like March comes, spring is here, but it's also still coming. And it's like that with the kingdom. Like The kingdom is here, but it's also still coming. And that doesn't mean that we need to accept how things are, that we look at the world and we're like, okay, God's rule is here, but it's not here, and that's just the way it is. God calls us to play a part in bringing his kingdom. Like, we're called to pray. When we see things that don't fit under God's rule, we're called to pray. When things are unjust, we pray. When there's sickness and pain, and we should pray. And where there's no peace or no joy, we pray. And we're also called to go out into the world. And by being who we are in Christ, we bring his rule and reign and we spread his kingdom, we're we're kingdom carriers. The second question that I feel like is important to touch on today 
is what do we do when our prayers aren't answered? Like I'm sure many of us have experienced in our lifetimes where we've been praying for something, longing for something, and God hasn't answered and seemingly silent or is saying not yet or we're just really unsure. And I want to say sorry for that. It's a really difficult place to be in. Um, recently in our community groups, we've been doing Wendy Mann's course, um, Naturally Supernatural, and I found that that's actually been really helpful teaching on how to deal with disappointments as we pray for things and things aren't answered and we see the now and not yet of the kingdom. Um, a couple of weeks ago in our community group, we did week six um, called Navigating Mystery, um, and Wendy speaks about, I think in this one, but maybe in one of the other weeks, they kind of all amalgamate into one in my head, um, how important it is to bring, it is so important to bring our pain to God. Your heart and how you feel about things really matters to him. It will take time and it's something that we don't want to do. Like We often just want to run the opposite way from pain. Like... We're feeling pain and we want to numb it or minimise it or pretend it's not there and go do something else that's far more fun than deal with it. But we need to bring it to God because it's the only... Bringing it to God is the only thing that's going to make it better in the long term. And we need to keep bringing things back to God as other prayers don't get answered, as new disappointments come, come along. We need to keep coming back to God and bringing it to him. Um, but something that stuck out in that session called Navigating Mystery um, was after she was talking about um, giving all of our disappointments to God and the way that we feel to God, and she said other steps as well. But she said, we need to get to that place where I give up my right to understand. Like, I will never fully know why God answers some prayers and not others why some are answered straight away and like God comes in and moves and other times it takes years or months to see an answer or you never see an answer at all. Like God, in some ways, God is a complete mystery to us and, it, and it's kind of supposed to be like that. Like if we could understand God, he, wouldn't, he would be quite a small God, wouldn't he? Um, but there is such a mystery to it. But I want to say that if you're going through like disappointments and pain just share it with a friend, trusted friend today. Like, don't go home holding stuff that you're feeling without sharing it with someone. Like, we're called to be like brothers and sisters in Christ, a family together. And I'd recommend that you just go and share it with someone and get them to pray with you. So, from what we've heard today, there's maybe a few different ways to respond. Like, maybe today you've just been, like, the, the start of it really struck you, like, how God is just so incredible and you just want to get back and just worship God and hopefully in a few minutes we'll sing another song. Um, or maybe God's been speaking to you about his coming kingdom. Like, I'm sure all of us at some point get annoyed by the injustice that we see in the world. And sometimes it can be easier to just like switch off and be like, oh God, like it's just, it's just how it is. And we 
put on something to numb ourselves and don't do anything with it. But I think God is actually calling us to pray for our world, to pray that his kingdom would come and that we would see a change. And if we don't see a change, that we bring our disappointments back to God. But he wants us to like partner with him and like be with him in bringing his kingdom to the earth. Or maybe today you are experiencing, experiencing some unanswered prayers. And I would just ask that you book some time in to spend with God. And as Wendy says, you literally have to book it in because anything is more appealing than dealing with pain with God. <laughs> book in some time. Just put on some worship music and just start telling him what you feel. And I think Wendy said in her course that if you're struggling to find the words to say, start reading through some of the Psalms until you find something that matches how you feel. And that really helps open your heart to, to what he's telling you, uh, to what you want to tell him. Um, while I was uh, preparing for this preach over the last few weeks, um, a picture came up on my Instagram account um, of this uh, lighthouse. Um, it's a print by Scott Erickson, and I actually have a similar version of it up in my room at home. And for those listening on the recording, um, it's a picture of a sailing boat that has been capsized in the water, but built on top of it is a lighthouse. And other boats can be seen in the distance behind. Sometimes life can feel really hard, like we've been capsized, like we're upside down and nothing, nothing makes sense. This picture is in a book of Scots called May It Be So, and it's a book on 40 days of prayer and it comes with this writing beside it may even my grief and brokenness become in some way a gift to the world around me may my whole life be an offering because I was talking today about God's upside down kingdom I felt like it was just it really spoke to me how even in our pain and our mess and just things that are really broken for us God can turn it around, that as we share our stories with the people around us, it can be a light to others who are walking in darkness too. So I'd just recommend sharing your stories, sharing with each other like what we're going through right now, because what you have been through might be someone else's light that they need to see. So I'd love to pray for us right now, and then um, it'd be great to have a final song to finish. Yeah, Lord, just thank you for how amazing you are. Lord, thank you for Hannah. Lord, thank you that her song is in the Bible, that we get to read it and learn from it. Lord, thank you for how she had her prayers answered. Lord, thank you for how she was praising you as she was sacrificing what she'd been dreaming for. Lord, thank you for just how amazing you are, that you've always had a plan, even from the start of creation, You've had a plan to bring us back into relationship with you. Lord, thank you that Jesus came to die for us. Lord, thank you for your kingdom. Lord, thank you that it doesn't look like we, should, we expect it to look. Thank you that it's your, your will and your rule and your plans rather than ours. Lord, thank you for when we see your kingdom break in. And Lord, I want to pray that when we see injustice in our world, you would just remind us to partner with you and to pray. 
Yeah, Lord, thank you. Just thank you for how you're with us. Lord, thank you for how you're close to the brokenhearted. Lord, thank you for, that you're close to us in our, in our lives, in our ups and our downs and our disappointments. Lord, you're close. Lord, for people who this morning have been praying and longing for something and it hasn't come yet, Lord, I pray that they would just feel you close by. Lord, the temptation to run from you is extreme and quite big, but Lord, just keep us close, keep holding us. Lord, I pray that we would hold on to our faith to know that you are good. You are good even when it doesn't look like it, you're good. I just pray you'd set people around them that can pray with them and sit with them in their pain. Lord, thank you that even though there's no easy answers for unanswered prayer, Lord, your presence, your presence is what we need. Lord, help us to run to you when we're disappointed. Amen.